G'day commas, and uh, welcome to another episode of the uh, Three Points In podcast with a reluctant returning guest. Hey guys, how are we? Joel, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Lockie, glad to be here. We are recording this on a uh, balmy summer's night here, after uh, a disappointing opening three days of the uh, Australian Test Summer. Disappointing is an understatement. Like, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, touching on in previous episodes, but Australian cricket, is this the lowest point of Australian cricket since the 1980s, or am I just being very, very abrasive? Um, not abrasive at all. I think the Australian cricket team is in more shit than a Werribee duck. A Werribee duck? Yeah, there's a sewage farm in Werribee. So Wayne Carey? Yeah, sure, he's shit too. Hey! <laughs> the king. Yeah, but... So, Australia did well in the bowling. Relatively. India, India out for 250. Should have probably been out for less, but... What was his name? Bujo... Chiteshwa Pujara. Pujara. Pujara had a solid, solid hundred. It would have helped if we reviewed it when he got caught behind on eighty nine, though. Yeah, but you win some, you lose some. I guess. It's the batting. The problem is you got so many good. We we got four. The probably in terms of world cricket, our ball, our four man bowling attack is probably the best in the world. Yeah, arguably. But our bats, our bat, our batting lineup is arguably the worst in the world. Up there with Bangladesh. Yes. But um, yeah, it's a shame. Especially at the moment with um, Steve Smith and Dave Warner not being in the uh, test side for their various indiscretions over the years. Bring them back out of clemency. We need them. No. S O S. No. No. That they. One they got caught. Too long. They got caught cheating like idiots. Yeah, they should be. He gets one game suspension. Never. That's more South than, Africa. South Africa. Never more than two games of suspension. South Africa, like, tell you, South Africans, listen. I dare to bag your country, but your country is not the is not exactly the moral fiber of the world. Oh come on now. They were harshly done by trial by media. That's what it was. Everyone was so shocked, and rightly so, but all these, like, sensationalised headlines just just threw them under the bus, and everyone just Throw overreacted them under the bus. to it. Throw them under the bus. They're the two oldest members of the Australian team, and they get the newest member of the team, make him do their dirty work. Throw them under I'm the bus. I'm not condoning what they did, but I'm just saying the punishment was beyond the crime. Australian cricket deserves better. Six months max. Australian cricket deserves better. Well... Than what we got. Joe? Ball tampering, in all honesty, is not that uncommon. All the teams... Yeah, but they're not dumb enough to get caught. Well, everyone's pushing the boundaries. At least they didn't buy a cricket ball like an apple, like like, um, Shahid Afridi did in an ODI in Australia a few years ago. Yeah, and what happened? He got caught. Yeah, and his alibi was that he was just smelling the ball. 
At least they're not that. Dirty. At least he had an excuse. Yeah, he should have got caught red-handed, and they bloody had a sook on the TV camera. Oh, well, I'm not condoning what they did, as I said, but they should have only got six months max. So they would be back in the test squad now? Yeah. If those three were in the test squad now, would the result be any different at the moment? Arguably, yes. Steve Smith was the best batsman in the world. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Joel. Well, I feel we would still have... Water can't do any worse than Finch. We, we still... <sighs> Alright. We'll talk about Finchy. I'm a big Aaron Finch fan. He is not a test cricketer. Send Certainly him out. not an opener. He doesn't even open for Victoria in Sheffield Shield. He bats like number five. You won it. He opens in the Big Bash. Yeah, but that's like 20 overs. See? Alright. It's a completely different format. So we'll go through the test... Because there's a hell of a lot to take. And we'll go through the test side. And I want you to name whether their position is... Tenuous or safe for the rest of the summer? Alright, we'll start with Finch. Do you reckon he's in danger of losing his spot? Uh, yes. I'm not saying he will lose his spot, but there's potential for it. I think... Especially if Renshaw or Joe Burns make runs in, in the domestic... As they have. Well, not the last innings, but yeah. Or even if he gets reshuffled down the order. Finch has got one more innings to make something. If he doesn't, yeah, maybe he he's not really a long term option anyway. Harris, so I think Har- Harris is uh, Harris is safe just because he's new. He showed promise. I liked his innings. Kawaja, Kawaja's safe because body of experience. Yeah, especially after his UAE. Yeah, this is a guy I fucking hate. Hard in the French. I hate this guy. He's been in in the uh, test up for the last. Eight, eight, nine years at this point. Don't know why. Him and his brother are a stain. The son of Swamp. On the, uh, Sean Marsh. Oh boy. Kick him out. Kick him and his brother out. What have they done? Fun fact. Sean Marsh, once he gets over 10 runs in an innings, has averaged over 60. But 26 of his 62 test innings, he has scored less than 8 runs. He is feast or famine. And his last 6... Innings, he has not scored over eight runs. Famine. Yep. Spud. I think he's... Spud. Justin Lane kind of had his hands tied, though, because he played so well in the ODIs against South Africa, and then he got a, a Sheffield Shield 100. So they kind of had to pick him. If you go by the Aussie selectors, Sheffield Shield doesn't mean shit. Well, They've ruined the Sheffield Shield. It is a little bit of an inconsistent policy, isn't it, with selections? Because not everyone gets the amount of opportunities as Sean Marsh has had. Like, he's 35 years old. I'm he's not clearly not, with you. He's not... I know. I'm but just, he's, he's not the future of the Australian team. Absolutely. I Why, agree 100%. This summer should be seen as a chance... To build for the future. Absolutely. Then why is he getting pissed? Situation through Essen and Zia where they had the Asada drug ban and they made something positive out of something shit and they blooded all the youngsters and it fast tracked their development. Yet bloody Justin Lane goes back to like Peter Siddle and 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 also like Sean Marsh has persevered with instead of like Going back to like a Joe Burns or 
even like a younger player. Like, this is a wide issue. I want to bring another man on in on, on this topic. I feel he would have some words to say on this topic. Maybe down the track. Yeah, maybe down, maybe down the track. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe down the track. Maybe down the track he'll have some words on this topic. Oh, he's emerging. Drum roll, ladies and gentlemen. Drum roll, ladies and gentlemen. We got our returning podcast guest Ned, our resident cricket expert. Sean Marsh in one word. Local uh, Mount Clear, Mount Clear leading wicket taker for the uh, current season 2018-2019. Applause, please. Oh, thank you. It is a fact. It is a fact. Oh, there you go. I, like, you would never have known. I feel you would have this opinion. The development of batsmen currently in Australia is not at the level that it was in previous previous uh, years. Absolutely not. The depth is not there. I don't know why. Why? It's a travesty. Within 10 years, has our batting stocks just dropped to, to nil, pretty much? Our bowling... Has perhaps improved. Yeah, we got in that ten years. Well, I think we got the best bowling attack in the world at the minute. Especially the best four-man attack in the world, I reckon. But the batting has just fallen off a cliff. It has. Last year's Ashes was a sort of a, was sort of an outlier in terms of the because last year in the Ashes the whole batting lineup for the most part performed. Even the Marshes. Even the Marshes, oh, but boy. the previous three, four summers before that, it was Steve Smith. Dave Warner producing the runs and then the tail end is actually outperforming the middle order. It's it's not good. Like yeah, Mitch Johnson. I think I think this comes back to the Sheffield Shield. The Sheffield Shield now is not seen as a place to build cricketers. Unfortunately, not. Like Channel Seven in their coverage earlier, they had a little in their lunch break. They were talking about twenty years ago and slats and slats. They were talking about twenty years ago. That there was the top six that were playing in England, and then they had a list of twenty cricketers that were playing in the Sheffield Shield. I think it was like thirteen that didn't make the top six. That were like Simon, dominating Hussey, Hayden, Blewett. Like they were dominating. That depth is Elliot. That depth is not there anymore. And why is that? Is that because there's too many formats in today's cricket? A lot of people don't like the scheduling of like Big Bash. Having the Sheffield Shield either side big bash, it like breaks the continuity and and the batters lose their rhythm changing between formats. Maybe they should make the big bash earlier. And I don't just, know. I the fifty over. I, I do too. Like I feel, I feel one day cricket in general, it's a dying. Except for the World Cup. No, I, I, I feel I feel what they what they I feel because they're bringing in a test championship. They are. They are. So what's going to happen That's is good. I so the next three years of fixtures, they all go towards the rankings. Excuse me, and the rankings <laughs> at the the rankings after a certain point, the top four play a test championship where I think it'll be they'll bring out the timeless test. Is it all around the world? No, it's going to be in, at Lords. Oh, England get a too much of an unfair advantage. That's the home of cricket, Joel. Yeah, well, that's bullshit. It should be like round robins and around Oh, yeah, the world. So, so, so let's say Zimbabwe finished the fourth best test on the road. You want the Test World Cup to happen in some back-of-the-water ground that's in Zimbabwe where there's, like, people getting bombarded that's a good place, by, by the way, Robert Mugabe's farmers. 
Nothing wrong with Zimbabwe. The creatine's not great, but the place is pretty good. Oh, yeah? Any elephants? Uh, I only went to the waterfall, so I didn't see any elephants. What's your thoughts on South Africa? They were over here a couple weeks ago. Decent country? I like the country, but the cricket team literally destroyed ours. It's a good country if you like poverty and um, Oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. Those opinions do not reflect our views. And I think you're speaking for yourself there, Joe. Those oh, types of um, countries are like God's laboratory. That's oh. where he tests out his new diseases and... Um, no, that's not on. <laughs> South Africa is my favourite non-Australian country. It's awesome. I think it's even better than America. Uh, absolutely, America is like down the bottom of my list. Oh, actually, no offence to any Americans that. listening. Sorry, I don't mean that. America. I just don't like Trump or Cox. But you don't see Trump if you go there. Well, I hope not, because if I do, I might be tempted to assassinate him. <laughs> Holy shit. G'day to the uh, FBI, who are now listening to this podcast. Well, I don't like climate change deniers, but let's not open up that can of worms. So, let's let's not get sidetracked back to the cricket. Let's talk about the Big Bash. Let's talk about Elon Musk. We saw in Uh, India's first innings that they were getting a bit restless at times with with their play, with their strokes. And it cost them a few wickets. Has has twenty twenty ruined the uh, the subtlety of Test batting? Well, I don't think they've ever been able to bat well in Australia. To be honest, they haven't we won a series. We don't really here. have classical techniques, do we? We kind of have. Now talk about India here, Joel. India. India suck. They've never won a series here. Oh, I'm not denying that. They'll win this series. Though. It takes. One billion Indians and they can't beat twenty-two million Australians. <laughs> yeah, but that's another case of home track bullies, and that's why the Test Championship Wait, should not be localized Indians. in England. There are one billion Indians can't beat twenty-two million Australians at cricket. Moving Quality over now. quantity is what I say. They're home track bullies, just like pretty much every other Test nation, except for South Africa. Unfortunately, they play well anywhere. Well, Australia used to play well everywhere. Yeah, exactly. We used to be the best damn team in the world, damn it. What happened? Even New Zealand's pretty good. What happened? They're like beating Pakistan in the UAE. Yeah, but that's New Zealand. I don't know if they're doing that. They've won two tests. Have they? Yeah. They look to be on their ass at times. Except for when Yassir Shah tore them multiple new anuses. I don't know if that bloke can take wickets elsewhere, though, can he? Probably not. Like, Abu Dhabi is like... I don't know if he has it, a it, They've either. specifically designed the pitch to suit Pakistan because they always play there. Imagine, and yet Kane Williamson tore them new buttholes. Imagine if you played for Pakistan and you've never played a test on home soil. That's actually kind of sad when yeah, you think about it, it. Well, they need to stop people shooting up buses. <coughs> and moving on again. But that actually <laughs> happened. Sri Lanka went there and their bus got shot up. That's true, but let's not open up political cans of worms. <laughs> well, let's open up cricketing cans of worms. Aaron Finch, goodbye from the testing. Well, Down the order or not out. at all? But he performed well in um, the UAE. Oh, he got a 60 at 49 in the third. I don't know. Well, Marsh, he went well in Pakistan, didn't he? And he still got a game. Pakistan, you just said they play in the UAE. Well, UAE. Hey, I don't know. If you're an Can we start a petition? 
Mitt, no Marsh in the Australian team for the next 10 years. I'm well, sick of that name. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't want them to commit suicide. They might get depressed <laughs> by all this, like, social media. I didn't, I, I, I didn't realise that we were getting into suicide here, Joe. Oh, no. I'm not, ri- it probably Ooh. won't escalate Ooh. to that. But if you're getting this shit bullied out of you on social media, like, I wouldn't blame them if they were depressed. I don't know. Who's selecting the Australian team? Is it the opposition? Yes. <laughs> you'd, you'd bloody well hope. Like, no, otherwise Mitch Marsh would play. It was the opposition that they wouldn't select Cummings, Stark, Hazelwood, and Lyon. They'd select... Pierce Idle. Don't you dare bag Pierce Idle. I'm don't sorry. Don't you dare bag a ringer, Joel. I don't think he's in the best 11. He's had his moment in the sun. And he's not in the best 11, for sure, because he's, he's past his prime, for sure. I mean, it's admirable that he can eat 16 bananas in a day, but he was good like five years ago. And he probably enjoys that bananas. Oh, you just said don't bag Peter Siddle, you hypocrite. I just said he probably enjoys the What's bananas. What's wrong with bananas? They're full bananas of Bananas are delicious. And moving on. I actually think that like a Chris Tremaine who's in the squad or a Michael Nisa who was in the squad at the UAE or a Jai Richardson, one of those guys should be in Peter Siddle's place. See, unearth a new talent. We're not going to learn anything new that we don't already know about Peter Siddle. If anything, we'll just find that he's not what he used to be. This may be a controversial opinion here. Like, people were saying that uh, it may be a problem that Australia only selected four bowlers. Part of the reason why this could be a problem comes down to the captain, Tim Payne. He's not a... See, back in the day, you had Gilchrist. Gilchrist was basically your all-rounder. He was so good with the bat that you could afford to put in an extra bowler. Because Tim Payne isn't that solid with the bat, you need to put in an extra batsman almost to cover his he lack of runs. He averages 40, but I think that's because he has a lot of unbeaten innings. To po- like, to prop he, up he's never average. made a big score. If I told you to, like, he's, I, I actually think Tim Payne is a good like captain. He made like 92 seven years ago or something like that. Yeah, seven years. Like, if I told you 18 months ago that Tim Payne is the current Australian cricket captain, would you have believed me? Well, I don't think anyone would. Well, I wouldn't even believe it if you said he's in the team. I wouldn't either. Like, Wade was ahead of I him. I think he's done all right. Like, it's just kind of desperate times call for desperate measures type of thing. Yeah. Do you reckon they want Mitch Marsh to be a, a good player? Because I reckon he's the one they'd hand the captaincy over to. Well, he's vice-captain. I don't know how. Mm. Maybe the selectors are masochists that like to see the Australian public suffer in their frustration over the perpetual disappointment of the marshes. If surely not. If the UAE are doctoring their pitches, why aren't we doctoring our pitches? That's a good question. That that moment they 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 better make sure this year that the Boxing Day wicket is actually a good wicket. It's been an absolute shit heap the past couple of years. The boxing last day, year it was absolutely The, the Boxing Day test for the last, say, three years has been an absolute atrocious test. Not being exciting at all. Last year especially, that was... That was the worst cricket pitch in Australia ever. Why are they doing that? I don't think they're deliberately doing it. I think they're just... The even pitch, the current test The drop-in pitches, like, even this current test match, as Joel, like, I really interrupted. It's a drop-in pitch. We're at that age now where drop-in pitches are becoming the norm, not the because of exception. AFL. Because of the 
because of the awesomeness that is the Australian Football League. Not wrong. Mm. But they just need to make do with what they've got. I it think... would help if the outfields were bloody faster. This Adelaide yeah. Oval outfield is the slowest outfit I've seen in Australia. Well, their old groundsman... No value for their, their old groundsman is in, uh, currently in the Australian Test Team, so they probably lost that <laughs> that oh, expert sh- opinion on the outfield. Nathan Lyon. Mm. <sighs> oh, boy. But, yeah... Interesting, interesting first three days. So, what do you guys reckon will be the result for this test match? We need it to rain. India win. I think India win at this point. They're at stumps at 2 for 191, up by 155. The one silver line is we've got Coley out cheaply both times. Mm. But um, I think Australia needs to bowl India out. Within the next 150 runs, they need to chase less than 300. If we I chase any more happen. than 300, we're done for, and we need it to rain to salvage a draw. Like no, the only batsman who could hold hold his head up high in that first innings for Australia was Travis Head, and he was probably the weakest link in my opinion. Mm. He actually did quite well, although he he needed to not go out when he did. Like, Nathan Lyon was looking good, and we were shaping to overtake their first inning score. And if we did, we would be right in it, but... People have been saying that um that Test Cricket is slow and boring, and that T20 and that is the future of Test Cricket. Dare I say, they're not being proven wrong with this Test match. This has not been a super exciting Test match for the most part. The yeah. scoring... Australia had the third lowest runs... Scored in a day yesterday, ever mm. at the LA Oval. But India tests are always boring. Mm. They, they always are. play for draws, mm, which they shouldn't. They Rome. they've got their best chance ever to beat an Australian team in a series on home soil. Not wrong. It should be attacking. And I think it's going to happen. I hope I'm proven wrong there. Me too. So, what do you reckon the result is for the rest of the series? India victory? Uh, Second test is in Perth, so that gives us a chance to... Nah, Perth wickets have been flat as pancakes the last few years. Not the... See, this this year is the first test match... Not the Perth of old. See, this year is the first match... Is this at Optus Stadium? Yeah. So, this will be a drop-in pitch. It won't be at... It won't be a whack pitch. Yeah, but all the same, India would prefer to play elsewhere. Why are we playing at the Gower? Because India whinged and they got their way not to play there. Just like they whinged about not playing a day-night test. Well, why don't we... This is another issue. Why don't we whinge about playing at Kolkata? Yeah, exactly. Why well, don't... We probably could, but it would fall on death. What yeah. other sport does one country's decisions have so much effect on the whole... Sporting world of that sport as a result. Can you think of another one? No. Whatever India wants, India gets. Remember when everywhere else in the world had had the review system for like mm. three, four years? It's only been what the past year that India's had it. India don't, don't want to play a day night test. Australia's just like, okay. Australia should put their foot down and be like, we're playing this in Australia. You do what we want. Like, no, but they threatened to like boycott the tour. Well, like the squeakiest wheel gets India the oil, doesn't like India. India shouldn't own world cricket. It's I called world cricket. I'm just cricket. saying that they complain and they get their way. 
The worst one was the monkey gate when Andrew Simons got called a monkey. Not right. Oh, that and was they... a travesty. That's ten years. That's like, that's pretty much exactly ten years ago at this point. And it's, it's true though. Australia dropped all charges just because India they made him to go home. They made him issue an apology. It's absolute bullshit. That's that's when, like, pre Australia. That's that was a dark day. Yeah, they See, let their players. That's down. another thing. Um, yeah, don't be pushing. There's been a whole thing about the Australian team bringing in a new era in terms of no sledging, like a fairer tamer. Australian. It's an overcorrection. It's an overcorrection. You've seen the test where it's like, there's been moments where in all they'd be like, they've just been like... But India on the other foot, India are on the front foot. They're taking over from where Australia left off. Mm. I think the Indians are getting in the Australian's head. I think that the natural style of the Australian cricketer is not how they're playing at the moment. They're forcing the current cricketers to fit in a box that they can't fit in. In that, don't be aggressive, be friendly on the field. Like, mm. when has an Australian team ever not sledged or been attacking? Like, mm. Langer's trying to do the right thing, but they're over, as you said, they're overcorrecting for what happened. No offense, but I wanted Ricky Ponting or Jason Gillespie to be the coach. But see, Gillespie, I agree with, but Ricky Ponting has limited experience, he's only coached in the IPL. I feel like Langer has at least coached in Australia on Australian pitches. Yeah. He's had... Perth Scorchers are perhaps the most successful franchise in the whole of Australian That's sport consistently. True. Every year they've been in the Big Bash, they've competed. They've been one of the top teams every year. Very few sport teams in the whole of Australian sport can say that. But what format do we want to be good at? Exactly. That's another point. Is he, has he coached a test The pinnacle team? is test. Why don't we get Who, the coach who's got a test? Here's another question. What coach coaches tests anymore? What should be the main coach? But like, what country in the world now is in, say the, say the domestic league, is the test format or the five-day, four-day format the pinnacle? It's not in India. That's the IPL. England, they have county cricket. County cricket's still considered very prestigious. It's not what it was. Sheffield Shield in Australia is a joke. When was the last time, like, you really knew what happened in a Sheffield Shield season? I follow it, but... It's very... It's harder to, like... I'm not going to sugarcoat it that it's something riveting. Do you guys remember, like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago... There's not really any excellent batsmen When there were no... Say it was, like, a week between the tests, they would have the Sheffield Shield on Channel 9, whatever it was called, the Pure Cup at that stage. Hmm. And you'd have the test team in there. You'd have Ponting, Hayden, Langer. They would come back and play Sheffield Shield. There's probably not... They don't do that anymore. Marketable players anymore, though. But like, As Ponting I heard said, today, there's like two players that average forty plus in Sheffield Shield. Like I like I heard today about Ashton Agar. Ashton Agar is being wrested he from is. the Sheffield Shield, which is stupid. He he yes he got picked in the squad for the one day matches. He didn't play. Well, he's been bowling in the nets and now he gets to rest. But that never Lane used to stalled ha- his development. The best players aren't playing Sheffield Shield. Even the best non-test players aren't playing Sheffield Shield anymore. Sheffield Shield is seen as just, oh, we got to do this just to bolster the numbers. 
Yes, the big bash is tremendous for the growth of cricket. The amount of youth coming into cricket now is tremendous. Economically, due, economically due to the big bash, but it's killing the tradition of Test cricket. Hmm. We saw this in India's first innings. They were swinging for the sixes <laughs> when they were bloody four down. They hit seven sixes. Who are we trying to breed? Are we trying to breed T Twenty cricketers? Are we trying to trying to breed Test cricketers? It this never used to be a problem because the fifth year over in Test games could overlap with each other. But T20 and Test Cricket are two very different formats. They can't overlap. World Cricket has to make a decision in the next 10 years. Which one means more? They probably more. won't, though, because money talks, and the money's with the 2020 format. Exactly. At least domestically. There's too, like, I feel the 50-over format's got to go. There's too many formats. Do you kind of wish 2020 never happened? Oh, for spectators, it's pretty good, but... I say no, but I feel they probably should have figured out the situation a bit better in terms of one day... I think the likes of, like, the 10-over formats an absolute farce. See, 10, like... And what is I've that, like, that 100 in, in ball England, format it's like, it's as gonna well? Be, it's going to be a 100-ball format where... There is formats are a farce. It's going to be a 100-ball format. That's what they're going to try and do. Where do you draw the line in the sand? So, bowlers can either bowl... They can bowl, is it one over, two overs of ten each? hundred balls isn't even Or four overs of five each. Divided. So there's not even traditional overs. What What's going to happen? Eventually, we'll get to the stage where it's like a two-over match where they'll pick their two best bowlers to bowl. Like, are the youth... It's a bit ridiculous. Is the attention... Do they really underestimate the attention span of the youth so much that they're just going to continue to cut down cricket? T20 favours the batsman so much already. Not wrong. That, mm, I'm going on an absolute, like, rant here. Like, I've got to crack this. Well, we're in borderline crisis because our team is really struggling. I feel world cricket is almost on a borderline crisis on its identity. Mm. What does it want to be? Does it want to be the glitz and glamour T20 or does it want to be the tradition... Of test cricket. Well, if they get the the test championship up and running, I think that can be good, and it'll really appeal to the purists and the traditionalists. Mm. They don't even have proper series anymore. Yeah. Like you used to have a, a team touring that had play five test matches. You go to Pakistan, you play two. It's just that's ridiculous. what I mean. What's the point of a two match test series? What you win one, so like. They have the trophies like, okay, New Zealand play for the... New Zealand and Australia play for the Chapel Hadley Trophy. That's very all well and good, but you're playing it in two test matches. Hmm. What's the point? Like... That should be five. In fact, what they could do there, they could nearly have a six-match test series, and they could have the first game in Australia, then the second in New Zealand, then the third back in Australia. Yeah. Or alternate between Australia and New Zealand. And and here's another thing. Talking about the T20 format... International T20, it's still treated as almost a leper. Well, I reckon they could nearly bugger off international T20. <laughs> but the problem is, if they bugger like, if they bugger off international T20 cricket, does that mean that the one-day form survives, but only at an international level? That's what they got to decide. They got to pick one or the other, in my opinion. Well, I reckon you got to pick the fifty overs. It's it's much better in terms of batting and bowling. Like it's more traditional. I don't know cricket. if the intermediate mm. format appeals to 
spectators as much so like they either want the purest version which is obviously like the long format or they want like well, the crash and batch 2020 you got, you, got, you got to look at this in terms of the latest tv right still channel seven they just got the tests they just got the tests fox got the one day and the t20 like obviously test is still considered the marquee format but the one day is considered the leper as you said do you think that they should trial a T20 tri-series that they used to do with the one day, like the VB series? We could do worse. Like like, a, like for a month. Say have India and, I don't know, bring someone out like Sri Lanka or Zimbabwe or Bangladesh even and have like a triangular series for like three weeks of just T20s. Like, like they used to do the one day matches. Like, could that bolster the international format of T20. Because personally, I can't see both of them surviving within the next 10 years. One of them has to go in terms of international level. I think they need to get rid of the international 2020s. That just needs to be a domestic thing. See, I think the problem is that... They're insignificant. In Australia. In Australia, it's seen as insignificant. We go over in India. They're bigger than their test matches. I think it's the way that the Australian... Cricket Board has treated the T20 Internationals up to this point. They've played them in February after the t- tests one days and the Big Bash is just about to end. They don't... The majority of the test players like Smith, Warner, Cummings, Stark, they all rest them because of exhaustion or getting them ready for the next international tour. So they select a second or even sometimes third-rate 11. Why should the Australian public care about that? I don't necessarily mind, like, Cummins, Stark, and Hazelwood getting rested. Because I think that's good to put but doesn't most that of your eggs in, in the, the test mind, basket. But doesn't that bring in the mindset that this international T20 format... The other countries don't do this. Why does Australia do it? Australia's the only country in the world that selects a second or third-rate... 11 consistently Ooh. at that level. Not necessarily, because England for quite a while now haven't played the likes of Anderson and Broad in short formats, and that's worked really well for them. But they're, but they're older, like Smith and Warner, yeah, Stark coming, they're not, they're our, not at that age where they should be dropped. Our fast are made of glass, and if, if they get injured in the short format game, it kind of feels like it's a waste. I feel that we need them. They're irreplaceable in the long format. You are right in that the bowlers are fragile. But I do feel that the international T20 format... They are more replaceable It's treated as a formats. joke in this country. The cricket board needs to figure out what they're going to do. I feel they need to actually give it a chance on its own in a spot in the schedule where the best players can play. Treat it with some respect and like relevance. See, they need to do this because the World T20 final for men's and women's, they will both be in Australia in the next two years. In the women's format, T20 is considered the pinnacle Mm, of women's cricket. Why can't it be for the men's? I think you've got to prioritise test cricket. will always be the pinnacle, but... T20, why can't it replace one-day cricket? 
One Day Cricket clearly I is not... I wouldn't argue against that. One Day Cricket clearly has lost its relevance. Why beat it at horse? A lot one does. I do too, but you have to admit that they're not what they were. They're not what they were. As soon as they killed, the day I knew that one that the one day format was doomed was the day that they ditched the Triangular series mm-hmm. as a permanent fixture in the Australian summer. And they just decided to play like seven like yeah. Not good. Mm. They should bring back the old scheduling of where they had a test, then they had a couple of one dayers, then they had a test, then they had another one day, and then the, the and then the test started in late November and they finished in mid mid January. Like the Adelaide test match was Australia Day. Yeah. Why don't they do that? Oh, see, the past like fifteen has been the. Like, they've been playing in Adelaide on Australia. It's been, like, a one-day match. Yeah. No one really cares about it. See, they have tried to mix up the schedule this year, bringing in the one-day is a bit earlier, the T20 is a bit earlier. But to me, that just sort of makes them less relevant. Like, especially... Yeah, not to televise them. Oh, yeah, think... on free-to-air TV. Tell like... you what, that's, a, that's been a good move from Channel 9. When it comes... When the television rights come back around, I reckon they're nearly buying back half price. Maybe. Maybe. But Foxtel, now that they have them, they'll want to keep them. Strange move on a career Australia's part. This may be kind of... I've I've actually, like, I've seen a bit of Channel 7s. I've seen a bit of Fox Cricket's coverage. I actually like it. It's like two different... Yes, it's like two different perspectives on... Like, I don't know whether you guys will agree with this, but I feel the Channel 9 commentary, some of their team... The last couple of years, they've gone a bit long in the tooth. Mm. Like they don't really reflect modern cricket like they're legends, like that. But there did need to be a change. Not necessarily moving TV channel. I do enjoy some Japali, but <laughs> like they they always talk about like. See, this is a problem with Fox Cricket now. They've brought in Kerry O'Keefe for their commentary. <laughs> Kerry O'Keefe is he literally would go on a rant like. He'd be talking about something that happened in the 70s or 80s and bringing up, like, nicknames of players in the past. And, like, not, even the ones in the commentary box would not... don't really have a clue. They'd just, like, go along with it. Like, we're at that point now where we need a new generation of commentary to come into the forefront. Like, guys like um, like Damien Fleming, they need to be what the Lorries and the, sh- the Chapels and, like, Michael Slater and that, like... They're not on their level yet, nowhere near close, but they need to be given that chance. And at least this change of networks has given them a chance to produce that. And also, Michael Clark's not on TV anymore as well. So I think that's a bit of a positive, eh? So, Channel 7 looks like it's filmed in a studio, though, not on the... Why don't they have the ground in the background and them sitting on a desk? Why are they sitting in a studio? Surely... A stadium, like a cricket field, is a good backdrop for a desk. Why do they need to be squashed in a studio? Here, here. Yeah, here, here, actually. But one thing I have to say with Channel 7, on their cricket breaks and that, they actually do go more in-depth than what the Channel 9 crew would do. But I, I enjoy that. But do you need to go in-depth? That was what made Bill Laurie and Tony Greek fantastic. They just called it as it was. Anyway. But like, they call it as it was on the plays on, but like in the... Like, what would you rather? Would you rather the Channel 7 crew 
talking about the game that just happened and then maybe bringing relevance to the past, bringing it in today's format, or would you rather them bringing back Brett Lee for a for a masterclass with a bunch of, like... I enjoyed the masterclass. I, I, enjoy, I, I enjoy the masterclasses too, but when it's day three of a test match and it's the third masterclass of the of the test, it gets a bit old. Mm. I was enjoying the ABC coverage, actually. See, the ABC is always quality coverage. Jim Maxwell? Yep. See, I actually think it, they've actually benefited from the loss of Kerry O'Keefe. I actually really like Kerry O'Keefe. He's being... always laughing, though. It's I like their Decent role. value. I like their commentary team when Kerry O'Keefe was there. Yeah, Drew Morford. Even listened to our whingy old Jeff Lawson and Terry Alderman. They went too See, bad. they got Mi- they got Mitchell Johnson on there now. He's actually a good commentator, I reckon. I like that Ed Cowan. He isn't too bad either. Mm. See, the pro- one thing I have to say, I haven't, like, I've been watching Fox Cricket's coverage, but it's been with the audio on mute, because I've been watching it at work, uh, as any good Australian will do, but, um... Rude not to. Yeah, rude not to. <laughs> but apparently they've been a bit, I've noticed when I've been with the audio, they've been very, very talkative. Like, you can't do, do, do you remember in that first innings when, like, when, was it Ashwin who was hitting the six, like, attack and line? It wasn't Rohit Sharma, Sharma. Rishabh Pant were yeah, like they were like attacking Lyon and Gilchrist kept was like they're going to get themselves out. They go like ev- after every single ball, Gilchrist was like they're going to get themselves out. They're being idiots. They're going to get themselves out. And then when it happened, Gil was like, "I, I told you so." But they did not shut up. Oh, Gilly's a great player. Like too. Gilchrist is a hypocrite though. That's it was his game plan when he batted. Oh, don't shoot Bambi. They need to have the temperament of a test bowler. Where it's just slow and steady, I reckon. I do, en- I do enjoy the fact that with the Fox Cricket now, though, that they um that they do use a bit more of the technology. Like, I think that the change in um in channels has been good so far. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Big Bash, because Channel Ten did such a good job with the Big Bash. Yeah. They separated themselves from Channel Nine. Yeah. That it was, it was treated as a different product, but also with Channel Ten they didn't separate it too much from the Test game. So like they would have the Big Bash game and they would interview Darren Lehman who was the coach, like mm-hmm. during the telecast. Yeah. Like Channel Seven, I hope don't treat the Test and the Big Bash the same way. They got to separate them. From what I've seen from the women's Big Bash so far, it looks like they're going to, and I think that's a mistake. You got to treat the different formats separately. Separately, yeah. Like Brian Taylor, you got Brian Taylor in the wings of Channel Seven. You can't tell me he would not be perfect for the Big Bash. He's commentated the Big Bash before, here, here. back when it was the state competition. Look it up on YouTube, listeners. I don't know about McAvaney. Priceless. You don't know about McAvaney. He's called cricket before. McAvaney is a national treasure at this point. No, he isn't. He did. He, has he been DT's commentating on Channel Seven? Are you going? Sorry, listeners. Bye. Yeah, I think he's a bit of a shitter, to be honest. McAvaney? He's a quirky fellow. Well, he's called it... That's uh, that's Brian Taylor. We've been over this. That's Brian Taylor. But I enjoy BT. Brian Taylor is a poor man, Jack's hunt. The catchphrases, the yelling... Oh, let's not shoot Bambi. I enjoy Brian Taylor. But Rex Hunt never did roaming Brian, so he's got that Maybe he should have. That would have been priceless. 
walking around roaming Brian. Although he might offend people. He like probably would have been sacked. Say the footy show's back. Oh god. It's Speaking of flogging back, dead horses. Yeah, it's back in quotation marks. Ed, Ed, Ed Maguire and Sam Newman no longer members. Do you reckon Sam, Sam Newman had the best television humour? Uh, he's uh, a bit of a loose cannon. A bit of a loose cannon. At he's times, divisive. At times, very good. At other times, worst thing on television. Why? He polarises opinion. He's... You either love him or you hate him. He's a flog. I enjoy him at times, but he's a flog. Some people think might think he's a, lo- a lovable flog, though. Yeah, like, I, I would say he's a lovable flog. I reckon he just shares the everyman's view. Hmm. He might say what people are thinking, but he he doesn't say it with He tact. treated the footy show like what people at the club rooms of a football club talk about. But he's overly critical of the modern game. Like, he said that, like, he football's... Well, I agree. He said football's never been more boring. I actually disagree, like... Football, like, in terms of the skills on display, it's never been better. They, they're trying to introduce rules to ease up congestion. The congestion is bad, but in terms of, like, the skills involved, the athleticism, it's never been better. You go back and watch a game from the 80s, most of the time they're not doing the, they're not doing the crisp, low passes. They're kicking it long. They're taking the marks. Mm. Yes, it's more, it's more physical than that, but I'd rather have the game be more fast more skill based than yeah. I enjoy the mixture that's what the AFL is trying to bring back mm. I reckon the 90s was the pinnacle of football I, I like a bell curve I mm. say the pinnacle descent I okay. say if you look at the highlights I say the pinnacle of football was probably 1997 to about 2005 before Sydney won the premiership because that's when the skill and the athleticism was starting to come into the forefront but the physicality and the high scoring, like the the over the over coaching, if you will, were not there. It's way over coached. Like Paul Ruse, damn good coach, but his Sydney team bought in the era of over coaching. Like everyone talks about the Leo Barry mark in that grand final. No one remembers the final score of that game. Do you know the final score of that game? 54-55. Yeah, fifty-four, fifty-five. Like, Impressive. imagine if that happened today, they'd be... That was actually a depressing grandfather. Like, it was not a good... The next year was a better... Grand... Who talks about the next year when West Coast won by a point? That was that was a tremendous grand final. That was like... I think it was like 97 to 96. Like, that was probably one of the best grand finals of the modern era. No one talks about that because not, no memorable singular moment happened. It was just a great game. Mm. Like... The, fo- the footy show, to me, sadly, like getting back to the footy show, I think it's a relic. I think it either Agreed. needs to be rested and brought back in a couple of years or they should just completely scrap it. They just lost sight of what their strengths were. Mm. Look at what's made, what has actually made the front bar popular. Do they talk about footy in depth? No. No. They just hang shit on each other. Good banter. When you loved the footy show, what were, they doing? But, what were they doing on the footy show? Paying shit on each other. There you go. But and still, it was great viewing. But still, at least with the at least with the front bar, they still they still talk about the games. Somewhat. But they yeah. talked about the games in the footy show yeah. the other day as well. But there's points where I've been watching the footy show where for the whole hour they don't mention any game. They I don't even. They I don't, actually love that. To be like to be fair, they don't even mention football in a, like large portion of the show from what I've seen. At least with the front bar, it always revolves around football. 
But one thing that the front bar has done very well, they've tapped in, into the nostalgia. Like, what mm. guests do they bring on? Very rarely do they bring on a current player. They well, bring on an old... True. They bring on, like, a player from the 80s or 90s or, like, Jonathan Brown or someone. They don't bring on, like, a Brendan Goddard or a Gary Ablett, well, which is what go. the footy show does. That's where you look at the bell curve and where the footy's on decline. But I also recommend the footy show. They're trying to recapture the humour has changed in terms of society. Uh-oh. The, the front bar has sort of... A lot of the footy show humour is based on that old time, like... If you look... Like, I looked at sort of... I read an article. The front bar is incredibly popular with women. Well, the footy show is not. There must be something to that. Like, I don't know whether that's Sam Newman. I don't know whether that's... I just feel that the footy show struggle to change with the times. Mm. Well, the front bar... Like, let's be honest here. The front bar is literally just a retooled version of before the game. Yeah. The yeah. core people are the same. You got Fitzy. You got, you got Mick, uh, Malloy. Mick Malloy. You got Andy Marr. Sam Payne. <laughs> but see, the front bar won't be that popular in five years. I just feel the footy show has been on the air for so long. It's barely changed. That it's like any show. Like any show that's been on the air for like years. It's not like news. People get sick of it. Hmm. True. Yep. <sighs> yeah, I still like the funny show. I, yeah. It was shit the past two years, but it was still bloody good until about 2013, I reckon. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I, I feel the moment that probably killed the footy show was probably when that whole uh, Gary Lyon, uh, yeah. Billy, Billy Brownless sort of scandal broke. Definitely. You don't touch a you don't touch a man's wallet. You don't touch a, a man's wife. Don't break bro code, listeners. Don't cut another man's lunch, figuratively or literally. What? <laughs> Sam's humour though is just fantastic, I reckon. Mm. Coming from the racing. Well, what do you got? Well, speaking of AFL, we've had the uh, AFL draft. In recent weeks, what do you reckon of uh, your, your, your 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 club, Ned? What do you reckon about the uh their picks? Well, I like I like what they did. You like that they trading are trading your bet- first pick for bet- next year? Yeah, potentially giving up a high pick for. A lot of people think it'll be a top three pick. Well, I thought finally, you know, like the Sydney's and all that, they do that sort that sort of stuff. Finally, Carlton's actually having a bit of a dip. But see, dare it I say, Sydney ballsy. Sydney do it. When they look like they're going to contend for a flag, you can't like you can't the tell me that Carlton is... got there. He's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Adelaide. What about him? I reckon they're mentally shot. Yeah, they're probably trying. Well, if you go by if you go by the Holy Grail champion data, I'm doing the SpongeBob meme reference. If anyone wants to realize, because their champion data is full of shit. Adelaide have the best list in the comp. But, that, but West Coast, who won, West Coast, who won the premiership, have the twelfth best list. Like champion data is full of shit. I reckon morale, Peter, team morale and charisma stands for something, and they've just got none. Exactly. Mm. Like, okay, I want to go back to champion data. Champion data said that there's only like thirty elite players in competitions. Western Bulldogs have one elite player. All right. <laughs> who would you say? 
according to Champion United, would be the elite player for the Western Bulldogs. Well, it'd be um, Bonds and Pelly, wouldn't it? Bow, bow. One would have thought so. T- take it, get, like, I'll right. say it and you will be shocked. And not Jack McRae either. It's apparently. not Jack McRae. It's not Lockie Hunter. It's not, not even Mitch Wallace. Not JJ. Is it Dalhouse? Not Dalhouse. It's Matt Suckling. <laughs> Matt Suckling apparently is the one elite player the Bulldogs had. A man who struggled at times to make the team is apparently the only elite player due to champion Gata. Dada. Okay, this this goes to a wider issue in sports in general. Statistics, in my opinion, are overrated. Yes, statistics bring good context to players and situations, but nothing, in my opinion, beats the eye test. Mm. It's like Tom Mitchell. Who would you rather have in your team? Would you have 45 possession from Tom Mitchell, or would you rather have a... 25 possession, four goal game from Dusty Martin. Martin, then I'm very sure. I'd rather Luke Hodge in my team than Tom Mitchell. Exactly, like, that's what I mean. Stats don't mean everything. That's why I can't believe he won the brown load. I can see why he won the... And put his coach to sleep. I can see why they won the brown load. He put me to sleep. The umpires have got tunnel vision. They just look at the centre square and nowhere else. And they, they may need, or may not look at the stats after the game. Really need to do something about the Brownlow. It's just well, what do you reckon? It's it's like, honestly, it's a snooze fest. You you know he's going to win before it's even counted. See, this year was apparently the closest year in years. Yeah, well, but what? everyone still knew that Tom Mitchell was like. Mm. There was like whispers here and there, but Tom Mitchell was still the overwhelming favorite. What What do they base their votes on? Is it just possessions? Well, it, it must should be, be on quality, okay, but okay. it's on quantity. We'll get okay. It's possessions. Is Tom Mitchell in the top ten players in the AFL? Not really. Borderline. I, I Is at, he even top twenty? I say no. Top I twenty, could, yes. I can name twenty players in the AFL better than Tom Mitchell. I can do it right now if you want. Off you go then. No, don't. <laughs> I, like, it's just gotta be. The player's impact on a game that earns votes. And I, I feel like the bloke kicking five goals, or like the rants like player, his impact on the game's phenomenal. Or, or Gorn? Yeah. You can't, you can't tell me someone like Max Gorn or Brody Grundy mm. had well, more of an impact on their team for Tom Mitchell. Being that, a ruckman, you have a disadvantage, though, in that, you don't get noticed. In that prelim where Mason Cox just turned it on, he was, I reckon he was uh, the match by far in that game. His impact in that quarter, see, that was what won him the game. Uh, like, see, I, I, would say, I would say for that game, like I, I saw that, he would be up there, but still side bottom was delivering the ball to Cox on a silver platter. But if Cox had, a, had a missed all those goals, who would have won? Yes. That is true. Goal conversion in this day and age is just worth its weight in goal. But mm. if you've got a forward who can actually kick... Like, let's... For the term forward now is an oxymoron. There That's very true. Forwards. How many? Okay, how many true forwards are there in the NFL? Josh Kennedy, Lance Franklin, Lance Franklin, Jack Revolt, Tom Hawkins, Josh. Ken- oh, you said him. Sorry. That's about it. That's about it, really. I, I just think the forward Tom is Lynch the most important player in a list, and teams aren't going for it. They're not even allowed to kick goals. I think that's the modern game. It's just players got to be. Well, what a Interchangeable. Botched, what a botched version of the game because 
let's be honest, back when we were watching, like, back when we were watching footy as kids, the reason we loved footy was because of the big forwards. Like, we had... They were the charismatic ones. Carlton had Fev. Richmond had Richo. And... You blokes had Luke Darcy and Brad Johnson at the Western Bulldogs. That's why I went and watched and the Barry games, Hall. and that was the number one. And then Barry Hall, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't even know who kids support these days. Like, who would they honestly Dusty? support? See, I'm, I've always been more of a fan of the midfielder getting the, getting the. You're sitting a lot like an umpire right now. Oh. I feel this man here. He's been a podcast guest. You've heard his burps. <laughs> Uh, he may have some opinions on the uh, modern, the state of modern football. What do you reckon What's about that? Uh, the muffin. Uh. Heath, welcome back. Channel now on a muffin. Yeah, it's a good muffin. We're talking about the uh, state of modern football and the fact that uh, do you think that t- that the uh, traditional forward is dead in modern football? Close. Coming from a, a bloke who has Joe Danaher on his team, though. I was going to say, you still have forwards, but... But they're not the classic... Yeah, you can definitely replace even them. Joe, even Joe Danaher really isn't a traditional forward. Well, he rotates through and plays rough and can go up the midfield and all that. Well, you can't play it all. And um, just does his good work in the rehab because he's injured. But he's just got that smile. I, lo- I, love, how, I love how we started talking about cricket. And now we've switched to a very passionate football yeah, well, debate. Cricket's too depressing. Oh, let's talk about the final round of the V8 Supercars, eh? Alright, right. V8 Supercars, what happened? Yeah, I couldn't see much because the viewing experience is shit at Newcastle. <laughs> and they should pay for grandstand tickets. Newcastle or Newcastle? Newcastle. Are you sure about that? Yes. <laughs> and moving on again. Who won? Who won the championship? Scotty McLaughlin. Not Lounsey? No, he didn't. Really didn't Lounsey retire? He's retired from full time racing. Well, that's uh, that's my interest in the sport gone. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, actually, I feel you may have some insight on this, Heath. Do you feel that the V8 supercars has lost popularity, say, in the past fifteen years, compared to what it was? I say it has a great deal. I remember I could name most of the V8 supercar drivers back when I was like 10 because they were on Channel 10 all the time. Even if I didn't watch it, I could still name most of them. Now, I could, I reckon I could name maybe five and they're like the old ones that were around back then like Winterbottom, Wing Cup, Lowndes. Well, it's definitely, I think it would be more interesting if they let it back be road cars again. Or at the very least, opened up the class a bit, See, so every car wasn't equal. My stepdad is a big, big, excuse me, is a big race car fan, and he said back in the back in the late seventies, early eighties, like even up to like the early two thousands, whoever won Bathurst, you could walk into the dealership the next day on the Monday, you could buy the car that they won Bathurst mm-hmm. in. I feel that's missing. There's no difference in the cars. No, they're, all, they're the same chassis. It's just a different body. Hmm. Oh, it's the same running gear and all. The engines are different, but they're the same. Like, they make the same amount of power. Like, what's the point? There's not much, really, but you know how Australian, and isn't, Australian bogans is are. Is Ford or Holden? One of them's leaving, aren't they? Which one of them is leaving? Well, there's Nissan. Nissan just pulled out. Yeah. Ford will no longer be a Falcon. It'll be a munted-looking 
Oh. Mustang. See, Falcon, even though it originally wasn't invented as an Australian car, it is... They made it in a quintessential Australian car. What's the point of having V8s, like, if they're not... Like... Australian? Australian. It'll be a Mustang and a European Commodore. That's what it will be. Uh, and probably the Camaro in a couple of years. Mm. It's, a, it, it, it's a travesty. What's a travesty? They, at the very least, they need to get more more brands on board. Excuse me. Broaden it to no, make it no longer That's me. versus Ford. The only race mm. I have any passing interest in anymore is Bathurst. Mm. There's nothing there. That's always awesome every year. Is car racing even a sport? Yes. Yes. It doesn't have a ball. It doesn't have, have a ball. Hand-eye coordination. But your experience is like... It doesn't have hand-eye coordination. Like, I'm sure it does. Okay, yeah. Joel. Okay, Joel. We'll bring it. We'll bring a. We'll bring a Formula One car out here. Off you go. We'll then. get you to drive I'll it. I'd be impressed if you do that. I'll even tell you to jump in your car and floor it down this road and drive it as fast as you can through the turns. I'll crash. Exactly. Yeah. That's... So okay. That doesn't make it a sport, mate. Anything a sport. They're like, choosing like five G's in that car. They lose like kilos, like five kilos when they race. Congratulations. Like, esports are a sport of their own because they're esports. <laughs> Motorsports are a sport. That's a bit pushing it. Esports are a sport. You're saying that because you're an Essendon fan. Okay, let, let, let's pull let, No, no, let's pull one out. The Essendon esports team got delisted. <laughs> right, people, so. people are actually upset because one of the blokes had like a bit of a cult following and they're really upset about him being taken off. To be fair, everyone knew that the Essendon esports team was going to die about two weeks into their existence when they got roasted by BT during Roman Bro- Roaming Brian when they were in the rooms and they had no idea what they were in. Like, he asked them questions about football, about the game that just happened, and they could not answer them. Asking them the wrong questions. Yeah, well, why are they even affiliated BT, with BT an AFL team? about what they were doing either. Yeah, but, like, they're being sponsored by an AFL team. You should at least know. They're not sponsored. They're a part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> like they're, they're a part worse. of the Essendon name. Fuck, well, could you could you imagine them at like Essendon training? You, you, they are, they are. Mitch Robinson you, from you, Brisbane's you, on the esports. Yeah, he's on a team. Fortnite team. That that's a travesty. Yeah, they, they do all the training. Isn't he a bit I, old for Fortnite? Well, so there's they a room well, so, that, yeah. so there's like a room at the hangar in Tullamarine where oh, they have like the laptops and the, laptops. the desktops. So you got you got Jake Stringer. Dyson Heppel, Joe Denneher, Tip and Woody running laps mm-hmm. around the ground. And then you got the Essendon Esports team just clicking the keys, mushing <laughs> on the, and getting and getting the salary. Yeah. Part of the Essendon, uh, Essendon family. They are part of the Essendon family. They're part of the hangar. They're not anymore because they got delisted. Those ones aren't, but they just, they just signed on a new boat today. Oh boy. Delisting isn't a big deal in esports. <laughs> How do you they, qualify they, for a spot on the team? Be really good, and like, how do you get money. noticed at esports? Be good at games. Like, do you have to audition? Like, demonstrate your skills? Is it like, do you guys remember that movie, The Wizard? Like, the old movie, The Wizard, where he would travel to like a theme park and play him at Super Mario Brothers Three? Is that like a thing that they do with like video games now? It's like, oh yeah, I'm really good at Call of Duty. I'm just going to travel to Movie World and battle in the tournament. It's like joining your local league of buddy footy. You join, like, a local tournament of games. Like... It's not like going the guff and just playing a few games. I got, like... <laughs> you join I, tournaments. That's what I mean. I got to be honest, like, I don't have a problem with esports themselves, but 
I don't like esports and like other sports merging together. I feel they should be kept. Like I don't, I don't think esports should be. They're saying that they want esports to be included in the Olympics. (laughs) No. That wouldn't work there, really. They do sell out stadiums, and it is awesome to watch. I would go and watch esports. Yeah. But the Olympics, the the crowd... But see, like, you may think this is a weird comparison, but it's like pro wrestling. It's like WWE. WWE fills up stadiums, but would you put WWE in the Olympics? Technically, WWE is a sport. I'd put wrestling in the Olympics, but I wouldn't put WWE. WWE is not a sport. It's a performance. Yeah. I guess, like, See, like esports is a sport, but it's a different kind of sport. Like, oh, I don't know, it... not a sport. Mm. Well, like, going to watch wrestling is like the cool version of going to watch a play. Like, that's mm. pretty much what you're doing. You're watching a play. Speaking of wrestling, since since the last podcast we've had, Uh-oh. Shawn Michaels did make his comeback, and it was a mixed bag. Sadly. In old Saudi Arabia. Mm. Where it was kind of pathetic. Uh-oh. The whole event. <laughs> I reckon they made it bad on purpose. For the whole There, there was a bit of thing. controversy about yeah. it. Which was? Well, I don't want to get too political, quote Joe Ellis, but uh, Saudi Arabia government apparently ordered the execution of an American journalist. Well, wasn't it Trump? Maybe it should have been Trump instead. I feel like you're a bit hypocritical Let's with this job. Let's not open up political you, you, cans you, of words. You, you, you get overly PC on oh, other things on as soon as it comes to Trump. I think we're Open digressing. Season. Let's not get sidetracked now. Alright. Back to the sport. Back to the sport. We're going to finish this. This is a conversation I want to have. Uh-oh. Um, if up. anyone who knows what I am, I mm. am a massive... Massive fan of the Rocky movies. Uh-oh. And Creed 2 was released last week. What a film. I don't want to spoil it, but go see it. And this ha- this has raised a question in my book. What do you guys reckon are the best sport movies? Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Around Happy Gilmore? Yeah. I really, really, really enjoy Happy Gilmore. I don't know. Deadly Honor. That's not, not a movie. That's a, oh no! It was Deadly Hunters. A movie. It was a movie. It's Australian. It's called sport. Australian Rules. There was, there was a crap, yeah, that yeah, one. Was a crap movie. So. And the movie was different than the book, like very different than the book. Well, if they're not gonna give me Specky McGee movie, well then that's the next best thing. Cool Runnings. Cool I Runnings. Mean, I, mean, I feel this is. I feel this. I feel. Hang on a second. I need to get another man on this input. Uh oh. <laughs> Nathan, we're going to talk about Space Jam. Come talk about Space Jam. <laughs> here he comes, Lister. Here we go, listeners. We're talking about best sport movies ever. Buckle we got a man. Up. He's in this Toon Squad shirt. You know what that means? Best sport movies of all time. Space Jam. Space Jam. Yes. Are you excited for uh, Space Jam 2? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James this time. LeBron James. Well, I don't know if it will be any better. How um, about you know what was really weird about Space Jam? Lola Bunny. Oh, why did she talking about? Why does she look like a person? <laughs> because she's anthropomorph. How have you said it? Because they, treat, they literally like you go back and watch Space Jam now. They literally like 
treat her as a sex object, it's weird. Because she's a bunny. That's a bit far. She's a bunny. We're not into that shit. Hey, furries, furries exist. Each to their own. Rest in peace of Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr's <laughs> a bit dead. Yeah, but... No more I'll be looking forward to Space Jam 2. What about Like Mike? Any of you guys no, I remember? Yeah, I, like Mike. I do like it, but I remember the kid from the um the kid from bloody Stuart Little's in that. He is. Jonathan Lipnicki. And he's really buff now. Yeah, he's a bodybuilder. Oh boy. He's a... <laughs> is like he on droids? Yeah, I like Like Mike. What about Cool Runnings? I don't know what that is. Oh, what? Yeah. You do not know what Cool Running? You would fucking love. It's about the Jamaican bobsled <laughs> team. Oh, it's pretty cool. How it's is how is Joel not seen Cool Running? Oh come on now! He doesn't watch movies. Can yeah, we can we can we can so we watch Cool Runnings? We can. Is we it can. as good as the movie? Uh, what about Shrek? It's no, no Shrek's not a sport movie. No, no, no movies as good as The Room. Yeah, no movie. I, I, I finally watched Disaster Artist the other week, and that, that's a that's a good movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> a good sports movie. It's not well, a sport. They, do, well, they play football. They, they do play football. The they do play American football. They throw the gridiron around. Or at least <laughs> everyone betrayed me. Yeah. <laughs> everyone betrayed me. Cheap, um, cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> what about um? We're talking about sport movies. What about Rocky? I haven't seen Rocky. Neither have I. What about Rocky too? I haven't seen any of Rockys. I've probably three. seen them at some point. But, but Steph, Rocky Balboa, Rocky and. Um, I love Rocky. I'm putting this out there. Rocky the Rocky Bumble. series is my favourite film series. Of all film series. And from this point forth, you shall be known as... My, f- my favourite film series is a completely different genre. But, yeah. What about... Any guys ever seen Any Given Sunday? Al Pacino? Dennis no. Quaid? No. Aaron Eckhart? Aaron Eckhart? I don't know Aaron Eckhart. I haven't seen that one. No. You don't know who Al Pacino is? I know Al Pacino, yeah. I know Aaron Eckhart. It's on. It's on Netflix. Suggestion. Anyone, any given Sunday on Netflix. One of the greatest speeches, if not the greatest speech in film history. Tremendous film. But dare I say it, Creed 2. Go see it. You love your boxing? How does it compare to Assassin's Creed? Um, it's a billion times better. Speaking of boxing, I think the entire population of Australia is happy. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mundine. Gone. <laughs> Good riddance. Goodbye. Apparently, he reckons his shit talking was... He puts that down to just... For show. No, you can say that now that he's retired. But, but um... Yeah, I don't know. I feel we're getting a bit longer. He wouldn't than... have many people in his corner, though, put it that way. No, definitely. Jeff Horn, good on you, mate. I feel we're getting a bit longer in the tooth on this podcast. I hope that uh, the Australian cricket team does well with the test. It's been a pleasure, job. Do your rain dances, listeners. Do your rain dances. Pray to the cricketing gods. If you see Alan Border in the street, get him to frown. Uh, always been a pleasure, Joel. Likewise, Thank you. thanks for having Nathan. me, Lucky. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. And, Covers, we'll see you next time. Hopefully, you listen listening to this with the cold one. Finish your drink, as I will right now. And off to beer pong. And we will be gone. See you next time on the uh, next episode of the Three Points in Podcast.